beautiful good morning to you. This is Tony with an I, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. Today, our word is vengeance belongs to God. But before we even jump into the word, guys, I actually want to share something very important with you here. I have been struggling on and off a lot with my voice. Whether it is that I have some congestion or I'm battling a cold or maybe something viral. But every single time I get sick, you end up having to share in a little bit of that with me because you actually hear it in my voice on Touring with God. But I get so excited the moment I get a break and I can kind of hear a little bit of the real Tony with an eye coming in and I don't sound so congested anymore. And so today... Though I am not fully cleared, I am super excited that I am not as congested as before. And I want to give God the glory for that before we even jump into the word. Now, of course, as always, before we start off, we are going to say a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as I come before you today, Father God, I just want to tell you thank you. I want to thank you, Father God, for healing. I want to thank you for restoration. I want to thank you for hope, for life, for health. I want to thank you, Father God, that you have not forgotten or forsaken us as your children. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for forgiveness. I want to thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary's cross for me, for my brother brothers, for my sisters, for each and every single one of us that would believe in you, Father God. This day, Lord God, I ask you that you forgive us continually of our sins, O God, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. We recognize, Father God, that we have sinned against you, and this is why we come before you with a repentant heart today. We ask you, Father God, to continue to grant us grace and mercy and to teach us according to your perfect will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So guys, thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. And we are going to jump right into the word. And our word today is, vengeance belongs to God. Now, I am going to start off by reading a few scriptures in Exodus. I want to encourage you guys not just to listen once again to the scriptures that I pick out from Exodus 14 today, for example, but to actually sit down, open your Bible, reread the story if you've already read it. And if you haven't read it as yet, let this be your opportunity to pick up the Bible and to read the word of God. I only read portions of the scripture sometimes, but every single part of the story matters. This is how God talks to you very often is through reading his word. So even though I'm reading bits and portions for you, maybe when you sit to read the entire word, God might impart new knowledge to you, or he might just simply give you instructions in regard to something that is about to happen in your life. So here is what I'm going to encourage you once again to do. Go ahead, pick up the word and read the Bible. So we're going to be reading today from Exodus 14. Now, though God was fighting on behalf of the Israelites, the glory and the honor and all the praises went back to him. He is just so gracious that he allows us an opportunity to bask in his glory 
it is key to remember that the glory must go back to God for every victory that you win. You did not win this victory on your own, guys. Remember, the victory was won through God on your behalf. So the glory must go back to him. So our first point for today is the glory must go back to God. Now we're going to be reading here Exodus 14 verse 4 verse 17 and of course when we're done reading these two we're going to explain why the glory always goes back to God. Now Exodus 4 verse 14 reads, I will harden, make stubborn and defiant Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them and I will be glorified and honored through Pharaoh and all of his army. And the Egyptians shall know without any doubt and acknowledge that I am the Lord. And they did so. Now Exodus 14 verse 17, it says something very similar. It says, as for me, hear this, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will go in the sea after them. And I will be glorified and honored through Pharaoh and all his army and his war chariots and his horsemen. Guys, listen, let me tell you something. God will use even your enemies to exalt his holy name. The glory and the honor must go back to him. When I first read this story, I wondered, God, if you were going to set the Israelites free to begin with, why bother to harden the hearts of the Egyptians? Why bother to create all of this confusion for these people? Because they became angry with Moses at one point and they were like, why did you bring us out here to die. We were going to probably die in Egypt anyway. Why did you even bring us out here in the wilderness if the Egyptians were just going to come out here and kill us? But guys, you must remember one thing and one thing that is very significant. All the glory, all the honor, and all the praise belongs to the Lord God Almighty. In other words, he will do whatever Ever it takes for you as his children to succeed, but also to bring the glory back to himself because he is worthy of the honor and the praise. So even in the midst of what seems to be chaos and confusion, we are just like the Israelites. And I think we forget to recognize that if and when, or actually when, the Lord does something that is so amazing for us. Very often, if it is not over the top and dramatic, so many of us forget to tell the testimony of the goodness of God. We do not remember sometimes the very minute things, but when he does something that is so powerful and mighty and great and miraculous, that is the moment very often that we open our mouth and 
it is a testimony that we do not hold back on sharing with others. So very often the reason that these things even happen the way that they do is so that God will receive the glory, the honor and the praise because we so easily forget where we are coming from and what he has done to us but if or what he has done for us. But when you think back on the moments in your life where it was a great victory, very often that is the testimony that you tell the most. Myself, for example, I've had so many testimonies of the things that God has done for me, but the one testimony that I tell and I tell everywhere that I go is the testimony of my father's life. And I know it's not fully my testimony because he saved my father's life, but I am telling you because I stood and I saw the grace of God because I stood back and I watched the miracles happen in my father's life because I prayed and I fasted and I believed and I hoped and I had faith in God to do the miraculous thing. I tell of this testimony everywhere I go. I will randomly meet people and have a conversation and they ask me about my testimony. And the truth of the matter is I do have my own testimony because God has done so much for me. But that just is so impactful in my life because I remember the moments when I thought there was no hope And I would cry and I would struggle and I battled with it. I just remember knowing those moments when I was crying, God literally was bottling every single last drop of my tears. And he allowed me to sit back and watch him do a miracle in the life of my family. So yes, sometimes things look very dramatic and we wonder, oh, why did God have to allow it to be this way? But I'm going to tell you the honest truth. If it was done any other way, we would have probably gave so much commendation to the doctors to the nurses, to all the healthcare workers. And I am grateful for every doctor and nurse that was a part of my father's journey. But this had nothing to do with the doctors because the doctors gave up. They were placing my father on hospice. Every doctor had written my father off for death. The nurses were on the same path. There were people who literally were thinking that we were wicked and evil for keeping my father in such a place where he was just struggling to stay alive. But because I know the God that I serve and I know the promise that he made to me, we never gave up. And I wasn't the only person that he gave these confirmations to. He gave them to several other people in my family that he was going to do the miraculous thing. And so therefore, this story rings near and dear to my heart. This testimony, though it isn't truly mine, it belongs to my father. I share it because God allowed me to bask in that glorious moment and all the glory and all the honor and all the praise goes back to him for what he has done in the life of my father and for my family. So now guys, we're going to move on to point number two, and that is my God fights for me. Exodus 14 verse 13 to 14 reads, then Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Take your stand, be firm and confident and 
undismayed and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For those Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you while you only need keep silent and remain calm. Exodus 14 verse 25, it reads, He made their chariots, their wheels hard to turn and the chariots difficult to drive. So the Egyptians said, Let us flee from Israel for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. Once again, guys, let us look at this here. God is already starting to receive the glory out of the mouth of your enemies that came out of the mouth of the enemy of the Israelites. The Egyptians started to recognize something is going wrong here. The wheels aren't working. They are not going round and around. The chariot is not doing what it's supposed to do. What could possibly be going wrong here? That is what happens when God is pursuing your enemies, when he is the one who is fighting for you. The Israelites were ahead of the Egyptians, so they probably weren't looking back to see everything that was going on. But you best believe, though they may not have recognized everything that was happening behind them, the Lord God Almighty was there in the midst of it all and he was fighting on behalf of his children. Moses said to them, you only need to keep silent and remain calm. I know what that keeping silent and remaining calm looks like. There were so many times throughout so many different areas of my life where I wanted to fight the good fight, open my mouth and say something, step out and do something. But there are times where you have to do nothing but sit still. Keep in the presence of God. Continue to give him the glory and the honor and the praise until your eyes behold the miracle that he is doing. Because just because you do not see it when it begins to happen does not mean that the Lord God is not fighting on your behalf. Now Exodus 14 verse 28 says the waters returned and they covered the chariots and the charioteers and all the army of Pharaoh that had gone into the sea after the Israelites, not even one of them survived. Guys, not even one Egyptian survived to go back and tell what happened that day in that Red Sea. Every single last one of them was destroyed. When God is fighting on your behalf, I need you to understand something. He doesn't partially fight for you. He goes in and he ensures that the victory is won. And that when you come out on the other side, the ones that were chasing you are no longer following after you. They're no longer chasing behind you. He wipes your enemies off of the face of the planet. And yes, you will have new battles 
every day that you might be fighting. But I want you to remember one thing. There was a time where you were fighting against a particular thing and you may not be fighting against that particular thing anymore. And I need you to recognize that it is because when God wiped out that enemy out of your life, he wiped them out out for good and did not allow not one to remain to continue to pursue you now when he has done this wonderful work in your life i need to encourage you to stay on the path that he has guided you do not go backwards now if you go backwards because this could have happened with the israelites they could have simply stepped right back into that red sea with every single one of those egyptians that were there and they would have lost their lives along with the egyptians when god is taking you from a situation and circumstance guys be very mindful that you have made it to the other side do not go back Stay where the Lord has planted your feet on solid ground. Do not go back into the midst of what used to be that chaos. That's a word for me. I didn't plan that for touring with God, but that's a word even for myself today. Now we're going to go on and we're going to read here. We just did my God will fight for me. We're going to continue here. Isaiah 54 verse 17. It says no weapon that is formed against you will succeed. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn this peace, this righteousness, this security, and this triumph over opposition is the heritage heritage, meaning a portion of inheritance of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, says the Lord. Your vindication simply means justice. The Lord God allows justice to be a portion for those who are his servants. He will fight for his servants. Psalm 91 verse 9 to 11 reads, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Let's read again. Because, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels in regards to you to protect you and defend and guard you in all your ways of obedience and service. He will let his angels protect you. He will command his angels to protect you. That is to keep you from harm. And he will command his angels to defend you. That is to resist an attack that is made against you. Once again, this is for the servants of the Lord. He will command his angels to protect and defend you because you have made the Lord your refuge. Now we want to go here to, I want to jump to Proverbs 24 verse 17 to 18. But before we jump there, I also want to read Ezekiel 25 verse 12 to 14. And it says, thus saith the Lord God, 
because Edom has acted against the house of Judah by taking vengeance and has greatly offended and has incurred grievous guilt by taking revenge on them. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will also stretch out my hand against Edom and cut off and destroy man and beast. I will make it desolate from Temen even to Dedan and they will fall by the sword. I will take my vengeance on Edom by the hand of my people Israel. Therefore, they will act in Edom in accordance with my anger and my wrath and they will know and experience my vengeance says the lord once again guys the topic for today is vengeance belongs to god so we see here that we are reading in ezekiel 25 12 to 14 these people have acted out against the house of judah which is the house of god but god wants these people to know because you've acted against my people i will take vengeance against you Edom for what you have done to my people vengeance belongs to the Lord so he is defending his people but you do not need to fight vengeance belongs to God Proverbs 24 verse 17 to 18 and we get to our third point which is but do not rejoice in your enemy's downfall. Proverbs 24 17 to 18 reads do not rejoice and gloat when your enemies falls and do not let your heart be glad in self-righteousness when he stumbles or the Lord will see your gloating and be displeased and turn his anger away from your enemy. Now, today, this word that I am giving is literally a prophetic word. God is about to move in miraculous unseen ways in the life of his people and he is about to vindicate so many of us as his children but i need you to understand there is good news in that and it, there is so much to rejoice about but i need you to understand the warning that comes with this word and the warning is do not rejoice at your enemy's downfall. Once again, the word says do not rejoice and gloat when your enemy falls and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles or the Lord will see your gloating and be displeased and turn his anger away from your enemy. My encouragement to you instead is that when the person persons or your opposition falls because the Lord is vindicating you instead of rejoicing at the fall of the other person we are called as the body of Christ to continue to pray without ceasing and we are to pray even for our enemies so when you see someone that has fallen in spite of what the situation might be between you and that person it is not the will of our heavenly father for anyone to fall and to stay in that 
fallen state. Even as his children, he instructs us and he corrects us. So there are times where it may look as though we have fallen. But let me remind you that he is a God that is gracious and he has his arms stretched wide waiting for you to come back. It is the same thing that God wants for each and every single one of us. Even the one who has done wrong to you, God wants an opportunity to save the heart and the mind and the soul of that person. So instead of rejoicing that they have fallen, maybe what you need to do, and I'm not telling you to go ask your enemy to hold their hands and pray with them. I mean, if you're brave enough to do that and God has instructed you to do so, definitely go right ahead. But what I am instructing you to do, even in your alone time with God, pray for your enemy. Pray that they will rise up from the place that they have fallen and that they will give God the glory, the honor and the praise in recognizing that though they have fallen, he has spared their life and given them another opportunity. Pray that they will come to know the love of Jesus Christ. Pray that their souls will be saved for eternity and that they will not have to spend eternity in hell, not burning in this fiery furnace that never runs out of fire. Guys, let me tell you, I cannot even think about hell. I live in Florida and the heat sometimes drive me insane. I cannot imagine having to live in hell where the fire is continuous. There is no extinguisher and it just keeps going. And it's not just that burning of the fire, but the immorality that I am running away from here on earth. I cannot imagine having to live in all of that madness for the rest of eternity. So let us not just think about ourselves and our own souls and our own salvation and our family and our friends. But let us remember that Christ died on Calvary's cross. Jesus sent his only son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So we are praying for the hearts of the ones that are far away from God, that they may have an experience and encounter with him and their lives may also be forever changed. Heavenly Father, as we come before you, this day. We just want to thank you, Father God, for your word. We want to thank you that you are a God who fights for us. We want to thank you that you are a God who loves us so much that you sent your son to die on Calvary's cross for us. Father God, help us not to be selfish in thinking that the cross only stands for us and no one else. Help us to understand, Father God, that you called us to be disciples and to pray without ceasing for the hearts and the minds and the souls of all those who have yet to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. Help us, Father God, not to be selfish in our everyday life, not to gloat or be exceedingly glad when someone else falls, but help us, Father God, to show the love of Christ by lifting each other up even if it is in prior. Help us, Lord Jesus, to continue to do as you have called us to do as the body of Christ. We ask you this day, Father God, that as you come up against every enemy that is set against our destiny, our future, Almighty God, that you would allow even the weapons formed against us right now, Father God, to begin to malfunction in the very place where it is in the hands of the Spirit of oppression that will rise against us. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise, and we ask this day that your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Now, guys, thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. I will see you next week, Tuesday at 9 a.m. And just a reminder, every scripture that was used today is in the description box below. So go ahead, read your scriptures, read your Bible, pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. I don't know where that just came from. I just remember that song from being a child in Sunday school. But hey, read your Bibles and pray every day so you'll grow. I will see you next week, Tuesday at 9 a.m. Bye.